At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Questioning the government has been criminalized. Global UAP surveillance and... Mike Pence turns into AI. This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Top story. It appears the Trump indictment, the election conspiracy indictment, is doing exactly what they hoped it would do, which is make people too afraid to even question or express any doubt whatsoever about the outcome of the 2020 election. Trump did an interview with Newsmax last night where he did express his thoughts on the 2020 election, and this was a pre-recorded interview And after the interview ended, they cut back to the news desk where the guy who did the interview makes a point to say this. We thank you. The American people thank you. I thank you. Thank you. And great job. Great success. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank Thank you, you, Mr. President. Thank you. All right, folks. Now, just to note, Newsmax has accepted the election results as legal and final. Newsmax has accepted the results of the 2020 election as legal and final. Just to clarify just in case you were wondering that they believed anything the guests they just had on said, they don't. So you know, perhaps Trump would not have congratulated them on such a great job had he known what the host was going to say when he cut back to the studio after the interview. Newsmax is already being sued by Smartmatic and Dominion, the voting machine companies, for defamation. So that's going to have a little bit of a self-policing effect on them. But This seems to amp it up here, and perhaps it's because they have witnessed over the course of the past week and a half how three so-called prominent, quote, election deniers in Michigan were arrested for questioning the election, investigating it, how Trump was arrested for questioning the election or denying it, as they like to put it, and how so-called, again, quote, fake electors in Georgia are being targeted for the same thing. All of these individuals targeted for questioning the outcome of the 2020 election. They have witnessed, Newsmax has, as have we all, that the Biden administration has criminalized the questioning of the 2020 election and how they have shown that they will arrest people who publicly continue to do so. Newsmax saw that and decided it was time to bend the knee. Let the Biden crime family know that they're not going to be a problem anymore. They're kissing the ring. To them, it's not worth the risk anymore of asking questions or expressing any doubt whatsoever about the 2020 election, because doing so could get them indicted and arrested alongside Trump and some of these other figures. And that's how we end up with weird sign-off messages like the one that we just heard from Newsmax. What a weird way to end a segment, to just tack it on to the end of an interview with a presidential candidate. It's like they were bowing their head in shame and apologizing to Biden through the TV for even talking to Trump. With this indictment and the fear that it instills, Biden has silenced even news organizations like Newsmax when it comes to doubts about the 2020 election. He has effectively turned them into his prison bitch. They don't want to be the ones targeted next. They want to be protected. And they know that to get that protection, they got to do this. They got to go on TV a couple of times a week and blow President Biden. We know, we know, we know, we talked to Trump, but it's your penis that's in our mouth right now, Mr. President. I mean, think about that. 
the Biden administration has really criminalized the questioning of the 2020 election. That's what this indictment does. If you read it, that's what it does. In fact, it goes beyond that. This indictment criminalizes the act of questioning the government at all or even expressing doubt about conclusions that your government has asserted are true. That is a crime according to this indictment. The argument the indictment makes is that Trump knew his claims of election fraud were false because he was told that they were by those who were best positioned to know the facts. That is a verbatim quote, best positioned to know the facts. And yet he deliberately disregarded the truth. That's how it's framed. So the facts that are told to him by the people who are in the best position to know is the absolute truth that if you disregard is a crime. And who are these people who Mitt cites as being the ones who were best positioned to know the facts who told Trump that his election fraud claims were false? Vice President Mike Pence, senior leaders of the Justice Department, the director of national intelligence, the Department of Homeland Security's Cyber Security Infrastructure Agency, senior White House attorneys, state officials like Brad Raffensperger in Georgia, the Secretary of State. All of them are government officials. Every single one of them who are best positioned to know the facts are government officials. Now, on the other side of that, Trump was told by many lawyers and many advisors, many prominent figures, that there was election fraud, or they thought there was. There might have even been far more people telling him that there was election fraud than there were those telling him that there was not. But the difference is that the ones telling him that there was were not government officials. They weren't best positioned to know. So to express what they tell you publicly is to commit the crime of questioning what your government tells you is true. That's what this boils down to. Trump committed the crime of questioning government authority. Expressing doubt even in government authority is a crime according to this indictment. That is what is implied. Never mind that the only thing most of these government authorities have ever done reliably is lie. You are not to question them. When they tell you something is, you simply have to accept that it is based on their word. Because they, not you, not anyone in the private sector, not anyone else, but them, are best positioned to know. I hope people celebrating this indictment see this. This is not just about Trump. It goes well beyond Trump. This is criminalizing their very right to question their government. And look at this in the defamation lawsuit against Newsmax from Smartmatic and Dominion. Smartmatic subpoenaed Newsmax staffers for their personal and work communications. And in a court filing last week, Dominion asked to see all relevant correspondence between Newsmax employees and Trump administration officials following the 2020 election. I don't know what's worse, the abuse of our system of justice is going on right now or the fact that so many people are celebrating this abuse because they're blinded to the broader implications of it due to their passionate hate of Trump. Trump haters are like, did you see the breaking news? The Justice Department says it's a crime to question government authority. Yeah, get Trump! Next story. In the media's ongoing attempt to fabricate evidence in the Trump indictment where there is none, CNN senior legal analyst Eli Honing highlighted yesterday what he believes the most important piece of evidence in the election conspiracy case against Trump is. 
the Justice Department, as you know, has to prove Trump did not actually believe that he won. He was just lying about it. We all know that. And this CNN guy believes that the best evidence to prove that, to undermine Trump's claim that he actually believed and still believes that he won the election, is that Trump once referred to something that Sidney Powell said as crazy. He said, I think the most important piece of evidence in that indictment, one of them, is when Donald Trump's talking about claims that Sidney Powell has made about election fraud. And Donald Trump says those claims are, and I quote, crazy. That's the best evidence, he says. CNN's chief legal analyst, which is no longer Jeffrey Tubin. I don't know if this guy also pulls it out on Zoom calls, but what I do know is that what he says is the best evidence they have is, in fact, evidence of nothing. Apparently, according to the article, Trump reportedly laughed at Powell's baseless claims. So they put in baseless there. Trump didn't say, ha 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 ha, I'm laughing at your baseless claims, bitch. That's CNN adding their own spin onto it during a November 2020 phone call. Here's what Trump apparently said. This does sound crazy, doesn't it? He reportedly asked others listening in on the conversation. So damning. You know what the problem is with this evidence, right? It's obvious. There is no context around the claim. You read the indictment, there's no real context either. And is Trump saying, this does sound crazy, doesn't it? I would never believe such a thing. Or is he saying, this does sound crazy that they would go to such lengths using these voting machines to steal the election from me? If I had to bet, I'd put money on the latter. This goes back to how they look at this stuff out of context and they interpret it the way that it serves their narrative when the obvious interpretation is almost never the one that they choose. No one responds to something that they don't believe by saying, that does sound crazy, doesn't it? There is no, I don't believe you implied. They say, I don't believe you, that's crazy. Or they say, that's crazy, I don't believe you. People say that does sound crazy, doesn't it? When they either can't believe that they're about to do something or they can't believe that somebody did something in a story that they're telling. That does sound crazy, doesn't it? But it happened. That's how that phrase is used. So the best evidence that they have against Trump relies on them intentionally misinterpreting something that Trump said to mean the opposite of what he almost definitely meant. I'm no judge, but that doesn't seem like great evidence. Furthermore, even if somehow with his convoluted interpretation of this statement, prove, at least to the jury anyway, that Trump was saying that he did not believe her claims. What exactly does that prove? That he didn't believe one claim of election fraud of many? Does this mean he didn't believe all of the claims? Is that how it works? You either believe them all or you believe none of them? Such stupidity coming out of the mouths of these people. All right, next story. There's been a lot of talk in the news about what potential impact on society these UFO revelations could have. Here's a story from the Daily Beast right here, reading it from Yahoo News, about one potential consequence of our newfound focus on UAPs that could have a more practical impact on all of us. Here's the headline. Coming to a rooftop near you, a UFO spotting spy cam. It's funny when you read a headline like that because you expect that the article is going to talk about potential violations of privacy, but it doesn't. This article actually frames this as a very good thing that they are very excited about. Most of the UAP talk focuses around the claims made by David Grush, the whistleblower, 
There's another guy, though, who hasn't gotten as much attention, but he has been doing a lot of media interviews. It seems like all of this is working in coordination to me, even though he pushes back against Grush's claims. I think he only does so so that he can then direct people towards claims of his own. And this guy is the man behind this worldwide mass surveillance project. The guy's name is Avi Loeb. He's a Harvard physicist, and he's a member of President Biden's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. And he's also the founder of something called the Galileo Project for the Systematic Scientific Search for Evidence of Extraterrestrial Technological Artifacts. Quite a mouthful there. And just last month, June of 2023... Loeb announced that the project had found interstellar material on the ocean floor, which could be remnants of an extraterrestrial starship. Quite a bold claim there. Don't know that I buy it. Through the Galileo project, Loeb is building what he hopes will be a global network of skyward pointing sensors whose purpose is to scan, look, and listen for UFOs, UAPs, whatever you want to call them, And speaking about this project, Loeb recently said, we want to cover the entire sky at all times with multiple sensors so that we will not be fooled by just one of them and classify objects based on their image and trajectory in the sky. It's at this point in an article like this that you might be expecting a conversation about how a technology like this could potentially violate people's privacy rights. That conversation never happens in this article. I mean, just look at that statement there. They want to cover the entire sky at all times with multiple sensors for the purpose of UAPs. That's all. Nothing else. So here's the thinking behind this mass surveillance system that Loeb wants to create when it comes to classifying the different objects. What he means by objects is everything that travels through the sky for as long as the sensor network is operational. I guess that means able to track them, which includes potentially quadrillions of birds, balloons, airplanes, Drones, flying babies, whatever else is in the sky just moves through the sky on a daily basis. Anything that the sensor detects that doesn't fall into one of these known categories, those would fall into a category of something unfamiliar, according to Loeb. And something unfamiliar, he says, just might be aliens and would warrant a follow-up investigation. So we have a category of everything we know and we're familiar with. And then the category of unknowns. And we won't ever miss a UAP again because we will have the entire planet surveilled at all times. I don't see any potential unintended consequences to that. They already have one of these UAP surveillance systems set up and running. Galileo's first observatory, as they call them, is installed on the roof of the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It includes a radar for actively detecting flying objects at night and in bad weather a passive receiver that can detect a flying object's own onboard radar, acoustic sensors that listen for sounds of passing objects, and an optical and infrared camera system that looks to the skies for glimpses of something zooming past. So this thing is like your Alexa device. It's always listening and watching and sensing your radars. I wonder how sensitive those acoustic sensors are, can they hear conversations of the people in the nearby vicinity? I would think that they probably can if they're sophisticated enough to search for UFOs. How far, what range could they potentially hear conversations? Could a system like this be hacked and used to surveil the public worldwide at a scale never before seen? 
Does it have Superman-like hearing? And what else does this radar system detect? That's curious to me. Does it detect, like, your phone also? I mean, I don't know what exactly it's tuned to. I feel like that could detect and track a lot of devices. And then it talks about the trajectory that it can anticipate where something is going. Can it anticipate where the people are going? I just don't know how you can say you have a surveillance system that monitors 24-7 everything that passes by it in the sky, the radar, the audio, the visual, but it doesn't monitor anything on the ground below. The system, Loeb says, is designed to surveil the sky with a high degree of fidelity, exactness, which requires overlapping setups observing the same area space from separate angles and measuring distances by triangulation using multiple sensors at different positions. This sounds like the FBI's wet dream right here. The Daily Beast article, which clearly views this favorably, says monitoring the entire planet around the clock could take hundreds if not thousands of observatories. (laughs) They would need constant upkeep. They'd also require a powerful computer backend, vast data storage, plus AI-driven software for analyzing countless sightings. The first rooftop observatory cost $250,000, which of course begs the question, who might pay for this? Who paid for that one? The Beast goes on to say that if anyone can scare up money for a long-shot effort to detect aliens, it's Loeb, arguably the most accomplished scientist in the fast-growing field of UAP detection. Loeb has proved he can organize and secure funding for ambitious scientific expeditions. I think he got like $1.5 million to go get that interstellar object at the bottom of the ocean. I don't know from who. I think from our government, because that arrow UAP search organization worked with him on that. But I don't know that he would have a hard time getting funding for a project that's designed to surveil the entire planet with a high degree of fidelity, with triangulating sensors and multiple camera angles at every single observatory, the thousands of observatories he hopes to set up, monitoring the audio, the visual, the radars of every passing object. That sounds like something the government would love to fund. And since he is one of Biden's top science advisors, which they should really ask him about that in this article. This is not a private, independent company. This is a guy who is on Biden's science board. How much data does this company share with the White House? I want to know. A question which, of course, never gets asked. I just saw this guy on Fox News. I've seen him on News Nation. Nobody ever asked him about his position in Biden's administration. The Galileo Project is also seeking to use some of the 800 or so operational satellites already orbiting the Earth that have cameras pointing down, watching us already. Many of these satellites, however, are owned by private companies or military space agencies. And to that end, the Galileo Project has already cut a deal with San Francisco-based satellite operator Planet Labs to assess top-down imagery from some of the world's more remote areas where ground-based observatories might be difficult to install, maintain, and monitor. I'm just imagining them monitoring all these off-grid livers under the guise of, oh, we're just searching for UAPs. I expect this trend to continue. We're going to see a lot of UAP surveillance technology created that just might have the unintended consequences of also monitoring everything that we do. Oops, we're just looking for the UAPs. Don't you want to know the truth? All right, before we get to the final story of the day, which is going to be about how Mike Pence has become AI and also uh, a Trump ad that just came out that's 
pretty interesting that I'm going to show you. I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the Drive Time News Blast XR, the subscriber-only portion of the show, which is what's being called an AI miracle surgery that involves a brain chip and is a pretty interesting and crazy story. We're going to get into that. If you want to get access to that subscriber-only content, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. What you will get along with these subscriber only content is you will get this show, the drive time news blast ad free. I take out all of the ads for subscribers and I combine it with the DMB XR and put it into your own personal private Patreon RSS feed, which you can then take and put into any podcast player app where you listen. And as soon as I upload it to Patreon, it will upload to your podcast player app. Another way you can help out the show is you can go to Anywhere you can leave reviews, leave a five-star review and a comment that warms my heart. That really helps me out, helps me stay motivated. And also, for non-subscribers, a way that you can help out is you can allow the ads to play through. That helps us out a super ton. We don't get anything from them if they are skipped. So thank you for that. Again, patreon.com slash propaganda report. All right. Mike Pence just released a new campaign ad yesterday, and I'm going to play it for you. And then I'll tell you why. Anyone who watches the ad, as opposed to people who just listen to it, why no one who watches it hears a word that he says. Hey, everybody. Mike Pence here. Remember $2 a gallon gas? I do. And then Joe Biden became president of the United States and launched his war on energy. Since that time, gasoline prices are up 60 percent. Electricity prices are up 25 percent. Joe Biden's war on energy is causing real hardship for working families, small businesses, and family farms. But we've got a plan to relieve all of that. We just unveiled the Pence Energy Plan that'll not only put our country back on a path to energy independence, but by 2040, we will reclaim America's role as the leading producer of energy in the world. Join us in the fight for American energy leadership by going to MikePence2024.com. We can lead the world once again to a more prosperous and a secure future for America with energy independence and American energy leadership. All right. For those of you who only listened to that ad, you might have heard what Mike Pence was saying. His message might have gotten across to you. But for those of us who watched the ad, at least for me, I didn't hear a word he said because all I could focus on is how he was standing there the entire commercial pretending to pump gas while very obviously not pumping gas. For those listening, the ad starts with Mike Pence getting out of a red truck at a gas station, walking over to the gas pump, and as he's speaking, putting the gas pump into the gas tank of the truck. And then just standing there and holding the gas pump, the rest of the commercial, while talking to camera, and very obviously not squeezing the gas pump. He's just standing there holding the gas pump while it's doing nothing, and then in the background, you can hear the beeps, beep, 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 the sound that it makes at the gas station when you haven't made your selection yet. So he's standing there just holding a gas pump in, in the truck like he's pumping gas. He's not. And the machine is saying, hey, make your selection, idiot. And he's talking about gas prices. I mean, can you imagine pulling up to a gas station and looking over and seeing someone just standing next to their car, holding the gas pump in their gas tank and not pumping any gas? They're just not squeezing it. And the machine is beeping at them, telling them to make a selection. And yet they're just standing there holding it like they're waiting for it to finish when it hasn't even started. This is something AI would do. 
You ever see those AI-generated commercials where people are outside eating, they're sitting at a weird picnic table, and they're instead of you know, putting the food in the mouth, they're like shoving the food in the side of their face because it's a little bit off. This is how gas would be pumped in one of these commercials. The person would just be standing there holding the pump in the gas tank, not squeezing it while the machine beeps at it. Mike Pence pumps gas like he's AI. And then look in the background here when he gets out of the truck at first. He gets out of the truck and the gas cover's already popped open and the gas cap's already screwed off. Look, watch. There he is. Hey, everybody, I'm Mike Pence. Stops, goes over. You see that? It's already open. He just drove. The, there it is, already open. Sticks it right in. And you can see he just holds it there like a jackass. Do you, you think people aren't going to see that? This commercial here where the idea is that he's a regular person having to go get gas and pay the high prices just like all of us. In this reality that Mike Pence showed us here, he drives around with his gas cover popped open and the gas cap screwed off. Maybe it's true. Maybe I'll be driving down the street one day and I'll look over and I'll be like, oh, there's Mike Pence. And wouldn't you know it, he's got no gas cover or no gas cap on. And he's eating a hot dog by shoving it into his ear. Because apparently Mike Pence is AI now. All right, one more interesting ad that Trump just released that goes after the fraud squad, including Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fonnie Willis, which brings up a claim that Trump made during a speech earlier this week that I was wondering if that was going to come back because it was curious. Here's the ad. How far will the most corrupt president in history go to keep Republicans from winning back the White House? Meet the cast of unscrupulous accomplices he's assembled to get Trump. Alvin Bragg, the radical liberal New York prosecutor who refuses to prosecute violent criminals. Jack Smith, who's made a career persecuting innocent Republican officials. Letitia James, the socialist who ran on the promise, I'll go after Trump. And Biden's newest lackey, Atlanta DA, Fonnie Willis. So incompetent, on her watch, violent crimes have exploded. So tainted, Willis was thrown off one case for trying to prosecute a political opponent. So corrupt, Willis got caught hiding a relationship with a gang member she was prosecuting. So dishonest, Willis was accused of creating a fake subpoena. Welcome to the Fraud Squad. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Welcome to the Fraud Squad. Fonnie Willis has not publicly commented in response to this ad. A spokesperson for her declined to, to make a statement. However, she did write a letter to the Fulton County District Attorney family, as it's labeled here. I'm going to read that to you. It's just about a page and a half. See if this sounds like somebody who is guilty of something or who's outraged because they're being lied about. Good morning, SCDA family. It is my understanding that an ad was put in the Atlanta market to run between today, August 9th, and August 13th that will have derogatory and false information about me as the district attorney of the Atlanta Judicial Circuit. Apparently, a lot of money was spent to run this ad in the Atlanta market over the next five days. That means the ad will run quite frequently over the next five days. Each of you represents me, especially ADAs who all took an oath under my name. We often remind you, if you are an ADA, you are my personal staff and represent me. Many of you are quite kind to me, very protective, and will become very defensive if someone attempts to attack me, the office, or your colleagues. 
You may not comment in any way on the ad or any of the negativity that may be expressed against me, your colleagues, or this office in the coming days, weeks, or months. We have no personal feelings against those we investigate or prosecute, and we should not express any. This is business. It will never be personal. We have a job to do. In this office, we prosecute based on the facts and the law. Now, that's a joke right there. The law is nonpartisan. You should feel no need to defend me. I shared with this office at last Friday's meeting one one thousandth of the negative or derogatory comments I receive. I invited you into an hour of my typical day. I am not concerned with the calls, emails, or ads, and you should not concern yourself with them. This is a reminder that it is against office policy to comment on these matters on social media or any public forum. No employee of this office may make any public comments related to the noise. Your instruction from me is to ignore all the noise and keep doing your job with excellence. Please make it an absolutely phenomenal day and stay safe. First of all, sounds like she's got quite the ego on her to me. Secondly, I didn't hear her deny any specific claims. She generally says there's false information in it, but doesn't point anything out. This was written to me like someone who might be a little bit guilty of something. I'm not saying she is. I'm just saying she didn't defend herself from the specific allegations being made. It sounds to me like there might be something there and that she's trying to make sure that nobody in her office who might have details that could reveal what's there speaks about anything. She knows journalists are going to come talking to people she works with, trying to get corroborating information. She wants them quiet. That's what it seems like to me. Maybe in time we will find out. It's a bold claim to make. All right, that's where I'm going to wrap up the show for today. If you want access to the DMB XR, as I said, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. All right, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.